Welcome to the Digital Distillery Podcast. A deep dive into the exclusive digital media event format of the same name. Join me as we meet some of Europe's leading digital media experts and, with their help, unravel and demystify some of the industry's juiciest and most jargon-laden terms. Now, the Digital Distillery started out as this exclusive A-level industry conference where some of the most influential and respected names in the digital media and advertising world come together to present their ideas and insights. These points are then tested to see if they hold up to the scrutiny of the ever-discerning attendees and, inevitably, lively debate and discussion ensues. May 2022 saw the return of the distillery after two long years of an unintended hiatus, for obvious reasons, and the event hit the ground running again with a vengeance. The team got together, packed our gear, booked our tickets, and made our way to the beautiful city of Vienna. Welcome to Vienna. City of fine arts, classical music, architecture and coffee houses. So, the event took place on this rooftop bar in this exceedingly trendy hotel called the 25 Hours. It's right around the corner from the stunningly lit and designed Volkstheater. That's people's theatre for those of us who need to brush up on our German. And with the perfect view of this famous domed Vienna skyline. Now, this place was truly cool. Upon entering the lobby, you're greeted with what I can only describe as an art installation, with hundreds of these vintage cameras with their flashes all wired up, and it really gave you this this red carpet strobe effect as you walk through the door. So, the setting of our event, this bar, being true to its name, is perched right up on the roof of the hotel, and it overlooks this beautiful skyline. It's adorned with these hanging lamps created from old drum kits and various other vintage instruments and upcycled bicycles. Really cool vibe. So the stage was set for the arrival of our guests and the return of the digital distillery. Herzlich willkommen bei der ersten digital distillery uh, in Wien. The event was back and the sense of enthusiasm from the room, having been away so long from events and socializing in general, was really palpable. The first topic of the day and the feature of today's show is that of the somewhat depressingly coined phrase, the cookie-less future. Cookie-less-lose Zukunft, the... Presented here by our first esteemed guest, Jürgen Schmidt, from the Vienna-based digital marketing agency, STRG. My name is Jürgen. I'm a serial entrepreneur in Vienna, based in Vienna, in Austria. But wait a sec. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Before we can appreciate the impact that a cookie-less future might have on us, we first need to talk about what cookies actually are and where they come from. In order to find this out, we really have to dig back to the dawn of the internet. So, the idea of a globally connected information network has been around since at least the 1900s, when Nikola Tesla toyed with the idea of a world wireless system. But nothing really practical was done about it until a Mr. J.C.R. Licklider from the Pentagon in the 60s popularised his idea of an intergalactic network of computers, and the concept of packet switching was developed. This packet switching, which is a way to break down information into very small parts and then reassemble it after transferring it from computer to computer, allowing the further development of this interconnected network. Initially, it was only used by the military and later among scientists. 
As the technology improved, the internet began to morph into the communications and commercial behemoth that we know today, it was clear that this relatively simple method of connectedness just wasn't going to cut it. The problem was that for many sites, such as the burgeoning industry of e-commerce and online advertising, the internet needed something that just wasn't factored into its original design. The internet needed a memory. Enter the cookie. A cookie comes in a few different flavours, and all it is is just a tiny packet of information that's stored either on your computer or in the browser itself. They were originally designed with the simple purpose of improving the user's browsing experience and, depending on their type, recognising that user the next time that they visit. These crunchy little guys, session cookies to be technical, are what allow things like shopping carts or recently viewed items to exist. They're stored for the duration of the session and then lost. Then we have persistent or permanent cookies, and as the name suggests, these last over multiple sessions and remember things like your language preferences, preferred shipping addresses, payment methods, things like that. There are a few others such as flash cookies or zombie cookies, but the important distinction is whether a cookie is a first or a third party cookie, and that basically boils down to the quality versus quantity of the data, as well as who actually owns it and what they can do with it. The key thing to remember here is that the first-party cookies are stored by the website you are actually on, providing those essential elements of a user experience. These contain the most significant and impactful data because they collect it directly from the user. The third-party cookies, on the other hand, are a little more insidious. These guys are collected by websites other than the one you are on, hence the name, and these are commonly used for cross-site tracking, retargeting and ad-serving all across your broader internet usage. First-party unique identifier, server-side cookies, local identifieren. Now, these third-party cookies are the reason that you can buy a product online and then constantly see ads for that product, or similar, all across the internet afterwards. As internet users ourselves, we've all experienced the kinds of limitations that this approach to data collection and usage has. Ganz persönlich habe ich das erlebt, wie Vater geworden bin und die Papa-Aufgabe übernommen habe und einen Kinderwagen äh, gesucht habe. So, take Jürgen's situation, for example. After learning that he was to become a father, he began researching the all-important new parent purchase decision of the pram, or stroller for our American listeners. Now, a pregnancy lasts a set amount of time. It can be shorter, but really not any longer. And a pram is pretty much a one-and-done purchase, at least per child. So after purchasing his pram, ads for prams continued to follow Jürgen around for months, even though there was no way he was going to buy another one. This is clearly a nuisance for the user, but it's also not doing any favours for the advertiser. Because these cookies are not the smartest of baked goods, that award, by the way, goes to the Zimtschnecken, or cinnamon snail, they don't actually know who you are. Now don't get me wrong, the cookie system has been extremely important to the infrastructure and development of the internet over the decades, and has been the key tool that advertisers have used, or misused as the case may be, but it's a pretty primitive system really. And whether we like it or not, it's all about to change. Over the last number of years, there's been a growing concern globally, but notably here in Europe, regarding the just massive amounts of data that is being collected on every one of us and the implications that has on our user privacy and safety. Not to mention the actual effectiveness for advertisers of the current quantity over quality approach. 
The issue became so hot that the most used browser in the world, Google Chrome, came to the table in 2020 and announced that it would completely cease its use of third-party cookies by the end of 2023. Phil from the editing room here with some breaking news. While editing this podcast, Google have announced that they're actually going to push it back to the second half of 2024. We'll see how that goes. So what's the big deal here? Well, initially, this had digital marketers just freaked out. All of a sudden, they came to the realization that the tools and the type of data that they'd been relying on forever was just going to disappear. Poof. Um, es gab ja damals eine große Aufregung. United Internet Media hat uh, prognostiziert, wir werden einen Werbeverlust von 15 Prozent haben. As Kirsten Neubauer from Digital Hotspot said here, in her office there was just this Weltuntergangsstimmung. One word, because German, literally meaning a world going under mood. But with limitation and necessity comes innovation. And quickly, digital marketers started to shift gears and began to look for ways to create opportunity out of the situation. Wir haben die Cookies und, und die Methodiken dahinter schon sehr fahrlässig und sehr inflationär verwendet und das über viele, viele Jahre. One of the points brought up in the discussion after Jürgen's talk is that as advertisers we've been using cookies really irresponsibly for many years. Also der Druck kommt eigentlich von den Userinnen und Usern und nicht aus der Gesetzgebung, das Gesetz folgt. And in 2020, likely due to the fact that so many more people were conducting their business and social lives online, the demand for a more secure and privacy-conscious internet reached a tipping point. According to Think with Google, user searches for the term online privacy jumped up 50% in that year alone. But what about the impact on advertisers? Who have been using and relying on this information third-party cookies provide for just about all their personalized ad targeting? Is Google hanging them out to dry? Welcome to the intermission section of today's show. When things get a little suspenseful, we can all take a moment to breathe contemplate and take in our surroundings a bit. While we wait for the serenity to kick in, I can share with you an interesting fact I learned about Vienna from a very nice lady I sat next to at the airport bar. So she was this wine expert and distributor and she'd been in town for a local show. Now, I'm not much of a wine drinker myself, but I do always make a point upon meeting an expert in any field to try and glean some valuable insight or hot tips, if you will. As it turns out, Completely unbeknownst to me, Austrian wine has had a bit of a bad reputation due to a scandalous nationwide scandal in the 80s. Apparently, following some big contracts with the German market, expecting these lovely sweet wines that they've been producing, coupled with a few years of really bad climate for wine growing, Austrian winemakers turned to the only ingredient they could find that brought back the body and sweetness into their wines. Unfortunately, for their industry and for wine drinkers alike, this magical ingredient turned out to be diethylene glycol, most commonly known to us as antifreeze, which has some pretty negative side effects if consumed, up to and including a mild case of death. Understandably, the industry essentially collapsed overnight and Austria's reputation for wine was left in tatters for the best part of two decades. The upshot of this, the hot tip? Well, according to this expert, now in 2022, Austrian wine is a fantastic value proposition. It'll always be of a much higher quality than the price tag suggests, and you'll never get a bad bottle. Now, where were we? Ah yes, did Google hang advertisers out to dry by crumbling the cookie? Well, 
kinda, not really. You see, as I said before, necessity is the mother of invention. And the winners in the ad tech and marketing field will always be those who see and take the opportunity and change. So yes, Google are unceremoniously dumping the third-party cookie. But they aren't necessarily just dusting off their hands and leaving a void for some other company to fill. In 2021, they started quietly testing their proposed replacement, the Federation Learning of Cohorts, or FLOC for short. A ganz spannende Herangehensweise ist und war FLOC, Federated Learning of Cohorts. Now, arguably the biggest loss for advertisers is their ability to track the interests of internet users and have the ability to target them with specific advertising that's more likely to have an impact. What Flock had intended to do was to use browser history to group individuals into what they're calling cohorts. Now, these cohorts would consist of other users who've been loosely grouped together based on the commonalities or links in their search history. So that's it. Easy. Problem solved, right? Well, no. As ever, it's not that simple. Shortly after its announcement, Flock started receiving some pretty major pushback from various corners of the internet as to if this is actually the best way to approach things and that perhaps it's just another cynical example of Google continuing to try and reinforce its dominant position. Most of the discussion surrounding Flock is that setting up cohorts in this way might actually allow more opportunity for advertisers to personally identify users and get their hands on that sweet, sweet personal information. Aufgrund dieser extrem hohen Zahl, die man da rausrechnen kann aus diesen wenigen Kohorten, kann ich letztlich jeden einzelnen Menschen eindeutig identifizieren, ohne dass ich persönliche Daten von ihm speichere. This is due to the fact that the individuals would be put into these groups and therefore the potential is there to compare and cross-reference others in the same cohort, building up a clearer picture of an individual and then using fingerprinting techniques to pin them with the identifiers that third parties could use. So... Earlier this year, Google responded to the criticism by essentially scrapping Flock altogether, and they've now proposed to replace the idea with something they're calling Topics. The idea behind Topics does share some DNA with Flock, in that it uses browser history to figure out what kind of things are interesting to the user. The difference here is that rather than being put into cohorts, users will be assigned with a topic from a pool of about 300 generic ones. Think fashion, cooking, or travel, When that user visits a website that supports topics, they'll be served an ad pulled from one of their top five topics from that week. The key thing here that seems to have cooled the jets on the flock backlash is that the topics are really quite broad, making it much harder to identify individuals and any topic pinned to a user from their browser history. Additionally, Google says that users will be able to view and access and remove certain topics that they don't wish to be associated with or see ads for. Now, organizations that have previously lent into contextual targeting rather than behavioral are certainly in a stronger starting position for this transition. Here at Show Heroes, for example, we've been essentially cookie-less since 2016 using contextual. Now, this is because contextual-based advertising serves an ad based on the context of the website being visited. Seeing an ad for skis when reading an article on the best skiing locations in Europe, for example, as opposed to behaviorally-based, where you could get served an ad for cooking classes while looking at the skiing holidays because you've been identified with that interest surrounding cooking somewhere else on the internet. So will topics be the answer to this cookie-less future? At the moment, it's still unclear as to how things are going to pan out exactly when the cookie truly is gone. But what is certain is that we as advertisers and as users are going to have to change the way we approach and utilize data on the internet. 
for advertisers and marketers, we'll need to be more innovative with how we collect and use the data of our consumers. We'll need to be more transparent to our users as to how we will treat their privacy and how we want to use their data. And we will need to invest in the opportunities that come out of this necessary change. Some of these we'll discuss at length in future episodes. As users, we need to know that likely our data and personal information is going to be a little more secure. But with that, we have to accept that our user convenience and experience may be a little diminished, at least in the early stages. We're going to have to be prepared to give over our information intentionally more often, be willing to log into more websites that we want a good experience from, for example. And so that's the cookie-less future that faces us just around the corner, or at least an introductory look at it. One which will affect all of us no matter which end of the transaction chain we're on. The meaning of privacy in this ever-changing digital world is trying desperately to catch up with the environment that changes around it. And huge drivers in what our privacy looks like in the next 5, 10 or 20 years will depend on how the big players, the digital marketers and the users alike interact with and innovate in this field. And there we have it, the first episode of the Digital Distillery podcast. A big thank you to the Digital Distillery and Show Heroes for putting on the event, as well as to our esteemed guest today, Jürgen Schmidt from STRG Marketing Agency, Roland Divos, Country Manager at the Show Heroes Vienna office, and the 25 Hours Hotel for being a great venue. And of course, our team on the ground at the event, Jana Orlova, Konstantins Makarovs, Olav Zasitis, and Nadia Koski for leading us all and mostly keeping us out of trouble. Having a slight misunderstanding with a ticketing officer on the Italian trans system is a different story. It was the ticket uh, is the cure code. But that's cool. a story for another episode. This episode is brought to you by The Digital Distillery, hosted and engineered by me, Phil McDowell, co-produced by Nadia Koski and led by Dennis Kirschner and Stephanie Leonardi. For more in-depth and insights into all sorts of other topics related to digital media, you can check out our other shows at thedigitaldistillery.com. For more info on the topics discussed and references to the various articles that have helped inform this episode, you can follow the links in the show notes. And if you want to get in touch with us at The Digital Distillery about anything from discussion points, being a guest on the show, corrections, or info on how you can be involved in one of these events, you can email the show at podcast at the-digital-distillery.com or use the contact section of the website. Join me right here next time as we stay in Vienna to meet more experts and discuss the topic of programmatic creativity and the future of video and advertising.